Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Welcome again to Next Step Leadership Podcast. Chris Maxwell and Tracy Reynolds um, thanking you uh, for taking time to listen and, and just passing the word around to, to people you believe can, can um, gain from listening to stories that we will tell or that we will have our friends tell. So again, thank you for participating in Next Step Leadership. And Tracy, thank you for being my friend and being a part of this. And man, I'm excited about our, our conversation today. Well, thank you, Chris. Uh, I love you dearly, my friend. You know, I, I so appreciated Sean C. just opening up. Uh, I knew he would. I just know that of him, and I appreciate that about you, Sean. But, man, welcome back, Sean C. You had told us, man, kind of how you'd gotten to a, a cataclysmic point in, in your life. Things were The wheels were coming off, but we were just about to, to turn the corner and see God do some amazing things. So I'm on the edge of my seat wanting to hear uh, how the Lord did that, Sean. Welcome back, buddy. Oh man, it's a privilege to be here. Thank you guys for having me. And yeah, so if, if anybody missed the last session, definitely go back and listen to that. But I talked a little bit about yes. the brokenness in my own life. But then I left us with this question, um, this uh, unfortunately, sometimes scary, maybe haunting question, right? What's it like to be on the other side of me? Um, you know, the amazing thing about life is I have never been my spouse. I've never been my child. I've never been my roommate. Mm-hmm. I've never been my employer, but everyone else has. And so the only person lacking this information is me. Um, everyone else knows what it's like to be on the other side of me. And so I can choose to courageously move toward it or, or, or I can choose to ignore it. But we all know this, all real growth begins with self-awareness. All real growth begins with understanding where we are in life and who we are. So as I shared some of my story, I shared of leading to this climactic moment where my wife reached out and said, hey, this is not working anymore. We were 20 years into marriage. From the outside looking in, we had the Instagram family. We had gone to Italy for our 20th anniversary. My church was doing great. Everything was up and to the right. You know, look at me. And yet in my home, my brokenness was really hurting the people that I loved. And so I alluded to the fact that the elders decided to give me the gift of time. Sabbatical was not a part of our language, but we decided to experiment with it. And guys, I took about, um, I don't know, uh, 10 weeks maybe off, something like that. But I will tell you this, as a strong, driven, hard-charging leader, it took me a good month literally just to slow down, just for the RPMs to come down. You know, it's like you're flying down the highway and you let off the gas. It's like, how far are you going to go? And for me, and and when I, and by the way, I totally stopped checking email. I did not go to my church. I got off all social media. Like I disconnected as much as possible. I didn't go to my own small group anymore. Like Bonnie went without me, but I didn't go. Um, but, um, it just took me a while. I mean, I've been running at that point for 40 years, you know? And so, um, anyway, took me a while to slow down a month into that. Um, I had signed up for a two week counseling intensive 
with Michael Cusick at Restoring the Soul in Denver, Colorado. And counseling intensives, the way they do it, are three hours a day, um, five days a week. And their uh, perspective is in that two-week period of time, they're able to make a year or more's worth of counseling progress based on a normal kind of hour-long session because you just are able to keep building on it. And I mean, I don't really even know. There's, I don't have the words to describe for what God did in that time. God just met me. Michael is an amazing guy. Michael, by the way, has his own podcast called the Restoring the Soul Podcast, which is fantastic. Just an amazing ministry. Um, and so Restoring the Soul has become a really awesome part of our church. Um, we now have had multiple staff members go there. Um, I'm actually going back there again with my wife this coming year because I'm coming up on the 10 year anniversary of this sabbatical. We've now built it into our organization. So I'll talk about that a little bit, but if you're a staff member at Athens church and you work here for 10 years, then you will get a paid sabbatical. Um, that is a gift that we're offering um, to our team now. And it's now, um, it's probably close to 10 of us that have, that have done it. Um, but yeah, in that time, I just learned some things about my story and my soul. And and I'll tell you just one of them for three days, three hours per session. So nine hours, this counselor just asked my story. And so you can imagine telling your own story for nine hours, get pretty deep, right? And at the end of that, he made a presentation to me and he said, he got literally got on a whiteboard and a pen and a marker. And he said, I want to tell you Sean C as I see him. And so we started writing all these things on the board. And he said, if I were to describe Sean with two words, here's the two words I would use. I would use the word fighter and survivor. He said, life has taught you that you have to fight to survive. And if you don't look out for you, nobody else will. And that's what you have grabbed a hold of. And there are environments in which that's a great thing. Uh, The home environment is not one of them. And so, as you can imagine, that was coming out in really unhealthy ways in my home. But just through that, man, we just had some powerful healing prayer times. I learned about the role of shame in my life and that, you know, you've probably heard this before, but right, guilt says I did something wrong. Shame says I am something wrong mm. and that I'm, there's something broken about me. Um, he introduced me to Brene Brown, who's a shame researcher of now read essentially everything that Brene has written and uh, God's used her in some incredible ways, but it's led me on this journey of a healthy soul. What does it look like for me to have a healthy soul? So I could talk for hours literally about changes that I made literally in my daily schedule since I came back from sabbatical changes I made in my diet. Um, My wife and I actually, there's a whole nother story I could tell about our health journey We had a kid get really sick, which led us to um, a naturalistic alternative approach to healthcare, um, which has been a game changer for us. So I would just tell you now, 10 years on the other side of this, um, my uh, my sleep is very different. My eating is different. My exercise is different. My emotional health management is different. Um, And what I have learned through this is, this is no surprise to you, right? That we're holistic, integrated beings, right? Mm -hmm. You you can't, uh, the the way that you know this is if you think your food and what you drink doesn't affect you, go drink a fifth of whiskey and then just try to do anything productive, right? Like (laughs) your body will tell you, 
No, we're integrated. We don't work that way, Um, right? Um, Go try to, you know, don't move your body for seven days and then get up and try to run a race. Like, right, it doesn't work that way. So we are integrated beings. And and so we have to think about ourselves holistically. So here's just a simple thing, right? Some people might think this is crazy, but I'll tell you what I've learned about me. I've learned caffeine affects me more substantially than I think it does. So in the mornings, I don't drink caffeine anymore. I love coffee. I'm as big a coffee fan as you'll ever meet. But I now drink decaf coffee in the mornings because what I noticed was my engine was running so high after the third cup of coffee in the morning that by the time I got home, I was out of gas. I had nothing left. I was exhausted. So I was an impatient father. I was an impatient husband. I had nothing left in the tank. And that was literally just a you know, food and drink intake um, reality for me. I've also learned the significance of silence and solitude. So I would tell you a number of, of, of authors and books and people that have really impacted me. Um, I'm, I'm a really, really big fan of John Mark Comer. God has used him in my life in a huge way. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry Same. was obviously very helpful, but I've read, you know, every, pretty much everything that he has written as well. But he does a really good job of talking about the role of slowing down, um, the role of being still with God. Um, I would tell you I did a little bit of that in the past, but honestly, not much. So now hardly a day goes by that in the early part of my day that I'm not just sitting still with the Lord. Um, I use the One Minute Pause app by John Eldridge. Uh, I found John Eldridge's writings, How to Get Your Life Back and Resilient, being very helpful resources I would also point to something like Soul Keeping by John Ortberg, which was incredibly helpful. And then um, I uh, have alluded to this book, Soul Care by Rob Reamer, which has been another one that, it, that I found very, very helpful. But in that, just learning how to sit with the Lord, how to be okay in a, in a still space. Um, I honestly just don't think most people do that. I, I don't think it's a part of most people's rhythm. I, I know this. The American approach to life will not ever lead you there, right? That's right. It's going to lead you to being addicted to these, you know, computers we keep in our pockets and never slowing down and going from, you know, caffeine to sugar to whatever the next thing is. And then then you've got to get some alcohol in the evening to calm your, you know, to chill out a little bit. And we have this broken cycle that just keeps repeating and, um, and so I, I really believe that one of the things the Lord was teaching me is, Sean, you need to view your life holistically. And so mm-hmm. I view um, my spiritual life, my mental life, my emotional life, my physical life, my relational life, all as integrated parts of who I am. I mean, you guys know this. You both are, are married. You have, you have children. Right. If things are not going well with your spouse, that's going to affect the other parts of your life. Right. If you've got a kid that's struggling, it's going to affect the other parts of your life. And so coming to the place that we recognize the integration of these factors and paying attention to all of them in pursuit of a healthy soul. So those have uh, yeah, just been really, really huge um, components for me that I have changed again about my schedule, about my diet. You know, I I mentioned to you guys, even before this recording, like I started my morning with some exercise and 
and some time with the Lord and, and then put some good food in my body um, and, and pay really you know close attention to that. And so that is just setting me up more for success. Even this, like I love this, right? This is such a joy for me to do this. But I can't do this nine hours a day. Like I'll be mm-hmm. so worn out by the end of the day. So I've got to figure out what are those times that I need to be alone? What are those times I need to be in meetings? Right. What are those times I need to be studying? You know, and and I, I one last thing I'll say and then I'll pause. No matter what your role is, no matter where you are in life, right? And I know if you're a student, it feels like, man, life's out of your control to some degree. You're being asked to do things or whatnot, but you still have a lot more control probably than you assume. Yeah. But the best thing you can bring to your family and your organization is a healthy you. If you can bring a healthy you to the organization, then you're going to be a positive contributor and a positive impact on the people around you. You are a part of the recipe of what makes your organization what it is. Your church is what it is because of what you bring to it. And so the healthiest version you can bring of you is really, really important. So as I mentioned, I had that sabbatical. I came back. Absolutely life-changing for me. It's now integrated completely into our organization. So probably, you know, 10 or so people on our team have taken them. And, uh, and yeah, it's just sabbatical is not the only solution, but it's been a gift that's allowed us to reevaluate and rethink. And I'm I'm really thankful for it. Well, I love everything that you're saying. You know, I'm sorry for the difficulties that you've gone through, but I'm, I'm thankful for how you have responded and how you're helping those people who are part of your ministry and your life Mm -hmm. to be a part of that. I'm I'm thinking about, uh, you know, I I teach spiritual formation and I I write about all these things you're talking about. It's been like, this is my life of finding ways to hit pause in the middle of the hurry and find equilibrium and all of this chaos we're going through. And in class the other day, we started class just doing nothing at our students, just slowly stand up, not in a hurry, but slowly stand up, then breathing deeply, inhale slowly, hold it, then exhale slowly, and then do nothing. Just take their phone and push it aside for a moment Mm -hmm. and just sit down. And I said, okay, listen to the silence, and then we'll talk about what we heard in the silence. Mm -hmm. And in that silence, one student started crying. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know, I've been so busy, I haven't realized how I have been so hurt. And they talked about a relative that Mm -hmm. passed away. But they were so busy, they did not allow themselves to grieve. Absolutely. And I I just appreciate your honesty and everything you're talking about. And so as you you think about um, the audience that's listening to this, uh, give us some suggestions on how we can lead with a servant's heart, uh, pastor a church, serve in a role in in some capacity, uh, but understand the importance of self care, mm-hmm. but also congregational care and staff care. How 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 can we do this? Yeah, I think um, I really think it begins right where you said. I think it begins with self care, right? Every organization, uh, the pace is set by the leadership, and so if mm-hmm. you care for yourself, if you create the right rhythms in your life, then a you're going to be modeling for the people around you. We all know this, that most churches need to see great modeling more than they need to hear more great sermons, right? If they can see somebody live it out, right? Jesus was able to just live it out in three years and get his whole thing accomplished. I've been here for 18 plus years and I haven't accomplished near of what he, you know, he accomplished in three. (laughs) And so his ability to live it out is a huge deal. But then what's going to happen is every 
authentic leader is going to offer that to the people around them, right? If that's the grace that you've been given, you're going to extend that same grace to other people. And I'm just telling you guys, I've noticed it's changed our whole church. And so I could talk about it on so many levels, but I just give you like one illustration. We have become a place where we say, hey, it's okay not to be okay. It's just not okay to stay that way, right? So if you can have the self-awareness and, and recognize that you're not okay as well, it gives everybody the privilege of taking off the mask. Let me tell you one really practical step that I guarantee you nobody listening to this would expect. But this is a part of my soul care. I regularly go to AA meetings, Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. And for what it's worth, not that it matters, I don't struggle not to drink. So it's not because I'm an alcoholic. It's because AA is the single most authentic environment I've ever been to in my life. It is a consistent group of humble, broken, authentic people. They haven't learned that you should fake it like Christian uh, small groups do in Sunday school classes. And so as a result of that, when I walk into that environment, I'm able to be me completely and I don't have to impress anybody. And what I found is that has translated to our church. So the people that walk in our church, they can be whoever they are. It doesn't matter what ink is on their skin or what clothes are on their body or anything. There's this, we're glad you're here thing that has made its way literally into our entire church, which began with me understanding my own brokenness. And as I talk openly about my the, the challenges that I'm having, it gives everybody else permission to do it as well. So I would just say for the leader, first of all, if you just are aware and just pursue your own health, I mean, even just literally step a couple of steps would be read a couple of these books that I mentioned, right? I mean, there's so many great resources out, out there right now. But if you read The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, it's amazing. If you read Soul Keeping, if you read Soul Care, I mean, I could, I could give you a, a, a long list of other options. Number two, I would say find a trusted, godly, gifted, biblical counselor. And that's not easy to do, but it is worthwhile. And I've invested a lot of my life in counseling. I would say uh, maybe a third would be um, another thing I love about AA. AA says you need to be completely honest with yourself, God, and another individual. And in this book, um, Rob Reamer talks about confession. It's in a chapter on repentance. And he talks about, this is something I've very rarely heard anyone do, a total life confession. Who in your life could you tell every single thing you've ever done to? We know this, that James says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you'll be healed. And so there is a degree in which when we hold on to the sinful, shameful things that we've done and we don't let that out, it rots our bones. It rots our souls. You know, two things I've learned through this process and through AA is not forgiving others for the things that they've done for you, right? That's one of the 12 steps is releasing your resentments and then not really confessing and owning all the things that you've done. Those two things in and of themselves are so toxic for most people. And so coming to the place where you have a safe individual that you can say anything to, I, I've heard John Ortberg talk about this and sitting down with a friend and doing this. And he, he, he talked for like three hours with his friend, just confessing all this sin from his whole life to this individual. 
And the individual stopped him at the end and said, John, I want you to know something. He said, I want you to know that I love you now more than I've ever loved you before. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ortberg was awesome. Ortberg said, I wanted to start making up sin after that. You know, I was, t- I was looking, looking for <laughs> stuff I could, I could add into the story because of just the grace and mercy that he had received. But we know that's what our father says to us too, right? That's the same thing our father says to us. So those are a, a couple of steps that I would say are, uh, are, are really, really important. Mm, that's so good. You know, Sean, if you would just do us the pleasure as we close out this particular session. And again, thank you so much for disclosing yourself. I love the authenticity that from which you lead and serve other people. And you're right. It does affect the culture of, of your church. And we're testimonials to that because we have children who are part of, of your fellowship, brother. And, and we see that in their lives. So thank you, my friend. Yeah. Would you do us a favor? And just we'd love for you just let's close this podcast with you just praying for our listeners yeah. to help find a, a good place of, of health yeah. in their soul. Yeah. I will. <sighs> Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we're so thankful for your mercy and your grace in our lives. We're thankful that even with this prayer, we don't have to impress you. Mm-hmm. Um, we're thankful that Jesus has paid it all and he has provided for us the righteousness that our souls long for. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in our lives. And God, I just want to pray for the leaders that are listening to this right now that are scared to ask the question, what's it like to be on the other side of me, that are uncomfortable in silence, that haven't learned the rhythms of caring for their soul or their body or their relationships or their mental life. God, I know um, for the young leaders right now, uh, all of us, but the young leaders are growing up in a world where technology is so dominant for them that they struggle to get away from it. And so I just want to pray in the name of Jesus that you would give us the grace to set aside our devices, yes. to set aside the noise and distractions of the world, and to be alone with you, to hear from you, um, to allow you to speak your love and your truth over our lives. And God, I, I pray that you would just continue to produce your fruit in us. Um, we know that we cannot do it on our own. We don't want to do it on our own. We want to abide in you. We want to remain in you. We want your words to remain in us. And God, we want you to produce the fruit that only you can through us. So lead us, God, yes, to fullness of, of health and, and life and joy and peace in yes, you. Lord. Uh, we're fully dependent on you. And God, we ask all these things in the strong and mighty and the matchless name of Jesus, our Savior and our King. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Guys, it's such an thank honor to be with you. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me. And uh, so if people want to find out more about you, just yeah. tell us uh, where they can connect with you. Yeah, well, you can find out about a, a really great church at AthensChurch.com. And you can sure. find uh, some really boring tweets at Sean C. on Twitter. <laughs> so, um, if you're, Not so. Yeah, Go if, dogs. If you're looking for entertainment, that's, uh, that's the next spot. So, yeah. Thanks again for having me. This is such a privilege to be here. Well, it's been an honor to to listen to your story. Thank you for your honesty. And we're all finding ways to let our next steps be our best steps. 
Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Surfaces, is available now at www.chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their new musical releases at www.casualamericans.com or at your favorite music suppliers. We release Next Steps Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.